0: Welcome to Coffee Talk with Linda. I'm Linda Davis and I want to thank you for joining me today. Just a little me before we get started. I love Jesus, I love coffee, and I love sharing both. So go grab your cup and let's talk. Everyone have your cup? Okay, let's dig in to God's word. Something I want to talk about today is freedom. You hear a lot about freedom, you hear a lot about rights, you hear a lot about losing freedoms. But there's a freedom that we can attain in the spirit realm that most of us have not even begun to tap into. It's freedom in the Lord. It's the very reason that Jesus came down to the earth, left the heavenlies, and died on the cross for our freedom. We don't look at it that way a lot of times, but that's what took place. It says in Galatians chapter 5, starting at verse 1, and I'm kind of paraphrasing here, it is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. This, this scripture is one of my favorite verses. I think this scripture, Galatians 5.1 and Philippians 4.13 are my favorite verses. And we miss it with regard to this. Jesus came to set us free. And the moment we stepped into our salvation, we stepped into freedom. But then we reach back and we allow ourselves, we give permission to ourselves, actually, to be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. We let it. To let something is to give permission to it. Jesus has already set each and every one of us free. And that scripture tells us to stand firm. Stand firm. Some translations say, don't submit to a yoke of slavery again. Because it's going to come around. It's going to try and get you. That thing... What's going to try? Okay, so you might be like, well, what, what's try- going to try and get you? That thing that had you before. <laughs> Until you say no to it, you don't have victory over it. That's really good right there. Until you say no to it, you don't have victory over it. So you can talk about it all you want. I've been set free. I've been set free. Whatever. It's so different for all of us. But say, say we'll go with Forgiveness. Say you have some unforgiveness in your heart for someone. And you pray, Lord, I forgive them. Lord, I know I'm supposed to forgive them. I even want to forgive them. So help me to forgive them and I forgive them. And then something gets stirred up inside of you a few days, a few months, even a few years. Some people, maybe a few decades. I don't know. But something gets stirred up inside of you. Something comes before you again. And you respond in an old way then you haven't forgiven. And it's frustrating to see that, but it's God's faithfulness and mercy that shows us that. If we've really forgiven, it has no hold on us. It has no hold on relationships we are in today. It will have no hold on relationships we will form tomorrow. If I enter into relationship to you and I've got to trudge around all your other issues and I've got to break through walls and barriers that you've built up because of what other people have done in your life, then you haven't actually forgiven the other people. You might say you haven't, maybe you've gone through the motions of it, but there has not yet been a true release. So I go back to that phrase, until you say no to it, You aren't free from it. You know, a more easy way is a physical example. You know, say you smoke, say you drink, and you struggled in those areas. Well, you might say I've been freed from nicotine addiction, and you may for a few months, but then when the temptation comes around and you don't say no to it, then you're not really free from it. When you say no to it, and it has no bearing on your life anymore, no tug on your life anymore, then you've been freed from it. So that's what it's talking about. Don't give permission. Don't let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. You know, I wrote a book quite a few years ago called actually Flying Free because that's, that's we have a call to freedom. We actually have a command to freedom. And when we choose not to walk in our freedoms, we choose not to walk in all God intended us to be, whatever your role is, whatever your destiny is, whatever your call is in your life. If you're not walking in the fullness of that, you're minimizing all that Jesus did on the cross. That's pretty powerful right there. And we don't truly grasp that, and we don't uh, embrace that in our inner man's. If we did, I think we'd take things in our lives more seriously. If you're called to be a father, do it how God said to do it. If you're called to be a mother, do it how God said to do it. If you're called to be a spouse, do it how God said to do it. Give it all you've got in a godly manner, in a godly way. Even children, if if we're, we're obviously we're born, so we're children, right? Now, whether, uh, if your parents are still here, Honor them because that's what God says to do. Not because they don't actually, it's not because they deserve it. It's because God said to do it. Take your, excuse me, take your stand. Live a life of freedom. And don't let anyone lead you to that place of slavery. Excuse me, that place of slavery again in your life. Because any place in your life that you're in slavery, you impact a circle of influence around you that you have to recognize. Even decisions that we don't think, let me talk to the young parents here for a minute. Even decisions that we don't think will impact our children. And maybe not in the now because they don't understand it because they're younger, they may not even know of it. But what about when they become a young adult and you have to face them as their parent and now they're a young adult and they want to know why you made the decision you made. Did God say to do what you are doing? Are you That's giving it all you've got. Because to be able to look at your children, once they're adult children, and your explanation for a choice you made is God said to do it, if they still struggle in that area, then that's between them and God. Hopefully that makes sense. Wasn't even planning on going there, so I don't know what that one, but walking in, a free, walking in freedom in Christ to the fullness of all he intended, giving it everything we've got is not an easy walk. It's not, and it truthfully is a result of walking in faith, remaining in that place because it's, e- it's difficult to trudge through those things we have to trudge through to get to that place of true freedom, When we're in true freedom, nobody else has a hold on us. It doesn't really matter what you think of me. Now, I I like people to like me, but when I'm in obedience to the Lord, that is my priority over every single thing in my life. And if I lose every relationship I have because I have to obey God in the now, then that's where I will stand. And I will take my stand in that place. And I will always stay the course of obedience. Always. Sometimes we have to understand there's a staying the course of obedience to the Lord. And then there's just a staying the course of obligation. Yeah, God can change our course. He can change the direction we have in our lives. And I've even heard people say, God doesn't change his mind with this or with that. You know, God said this, I thought God said this. And God did say that. But who are we to say, it appears like God's changing his mind, but maybe we had a misunderstanding and now it's just the next season that we didn't recognize coming. And a great example of that, I believe, I believe it's in uh, Acts chapter 10. So if you want to turn there, it's when uh, Paul and I believe Silas are heading towards Bithynia. Oh no, I'm sorry. It's Acts 16. Paul's on a journey. He's about the father's business. He's headed to Asia. He's headed to Bithynia. And he gets forbidden in two different locations to enter in or to go any further. Why? Why? It's in Acts chapter 16. It starts in verse 6. Now, when they had gone through, and I don't know if I have the pronunciation of these cities, towns, whatever, right? So, you know, give me a little grace here. But now when they had gone through uh, Phrygia in the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. What? You would think preach, yeah, right? You would think doing God's work, spreading his word is a good thing. But I'm telling you right now, When God forbids you to do something, when God forbids you to go a step further, when God forbids you to go down a path, when God forbids you to take that turn, you better respond. You better stop in your tracks until you find out what is next and not take one more step. When the Holy Spirit forbids you, you better not take one more step. Now, Paul could have kept on keeping on, and he could have justified it in his own mind because he was going to preach the gospel, the good news, to people that needed to hear it, by the way. But the Holy Spirit forbid them. Why? Because God had had a different work for them that they did not yet know of. This is pre, it can really be likened to Abraham. And I'm not going to go there right now. Most of you that are listening are probably very familiar with it. When Abram was first called away from his family, first called to journey out, you know, it, it says that the Lord told him, just go. He had no idea where he was going to a place I will show you. Sometimes we have to stop, sometimes we have to step, sometimes we have to go with no understanding. But God's always faithful to show us along the way, along the path. His faithfulness and our obedience equates to freedom and fullness and joy in our lives every time. And it's powerful. And that's when God says, now watch me move. Now watch me do it. So they're forbidden here. And Paul obeys. Shortly after he stopped and he agreed to stop, it wasn't in that instant. It's not like the Holy Spirit said, don't go there. Here's your plan. Go over here. No, he had to to respond first to the Holy Spirit. So he stops, then he has a vision, and the short version of the vision is that it's telling him to go to the people of Macedonia, and he obeys. And the thing that he doesn't know at this point in time, in the, in the moment of being forbidden, in the moment of responding in obedience to that, in the moment of having the vision, and in the moment of understanding, okay, this is what I'm to do, he doesn't know that there's been a man in Macedonia crying out, a faithful servant of the Lord, praying. And that's what God is responding to. And that's why God has turned Paul's head and his feet through the direction of the Holy Spirit. So we've got to allow our heads to be turned and our feet to be turned in true freedom in the Lord. Because that's where our freedom comes from. Walking in complete, sold out, 100% obedience, giving everything we've got to everything God's called us to be. Everything. God knows, and we say this a lot, but do we truly grasp it? God knows so much more than we know. He sees so much more than we know. There's been a lot of um, uh, steps of obedience in my life where I've had to step and I didn't understand why. And truthfully, when you step in a a radical obedience to the Lord, most people want an explanation. Most people want an explanation from you. And when they don't agree with what you're doing, what, what God is telling you to do, they say it's out of order or they say that's not God, but they are not the one that has heard from God. My husband and I, when people come to us, that's the first thing we always ask them when they're looking for guidance on a decision. What, what is God telling you to do? What's the last thing God told you to do? And what is God saying right now? And most people, when they're looking for confirmation, they already know. They already have that stirring inside of them and the direction God's leading them. You don't need five confirmations. And when people come to my husband and I and say, God said, we're not going to tell them God didn't tell them. We weren't in that conversation. I mean, unless it goes completely against God's character God's holiness. you know, God didn't tell you to go live with someone. God didn't tell you to be in sin. Those kinds of things. But I'm talking about directions and steps in your life. My husband says that all the time. I'm never going to tell someone that is standing before me telling me God said that God did not tell them that. I may ask them to put it to prayer one more time, to seek the Lord one more time, but I'm not gonna tell him God didn't say that because I wasn't in the conversation. That's like me having a private conversation with my husband and then sharing it with someone else and them saying my husband didn't say it. You weren't there. How can you say that? Unless it goes against the true genuine character of God. We don't know. We don't know what the others said to Paul about turning around in that moment. He wasn't alone. He was with a group, right? He had followers with him. We don't know how many people, we don't know the number of people, but there was a number of people that went with him. And we don't know what their response was to it, but we know that there was a redirecting. We'll put it that way. Twice, by the way. And I don't want to miss that because they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. And then after they had come to Mysia, they tried it to go into Bithynia and the Spirit did not permit them. So they pass right by. And then the vision comes to Paul. And his ministry there was powerful. So we have to be in obedience. We have to stay the course of obedience. I think a lot of pe- times people stay courses that are good, quote unquote. You know, uh, it's they're doing the work of the Lord there, the gospel's being preached. Uh, Paul could have gone into Asia and saved souls, but if he's not supposed to be the one in Asia at that moment saving souls, he's supposed to be somewhere else, then somewhere else a people is getting robbed in that moment. And so it's in that place that walking in freedom is a result of walking in faith. We have to trust in those moments that we don't understand that God knows, that God surely understands and that he's got us. And walking in faith, walking in faith is a result of walking in love, right? There's a command out there and I'm paraphrasing it, but how do, how do you know Jesus was speaking? Let me see if I can Google that scripture real quick so I get it right. But Jesus is speaking, okay? And he says, if you love me, you will obey my commands. Right? John 14, 15. Those who love me will do what I say. I want to go to the I want to go to the whole chapter real quick. Love and obedience and faith and freedom and trust, they're like all intertwined with one another. You can't separate one from the other. And we try to separate them sometimes. The faith, the love, the obedience, the trust. It's like a bowl of spaghetti. You know, you, you gotta, they, they all cross over one another and they're all combined. We can't focus on just love. say, oh, well, I'm walking in love, but we lack our faith, we lack obedience, and we lack trust. Then we're not fully in love like we think we are. If you love me, you will obey what I command. You'll do what's required of you no matter what. And all of this, all of this ties into freedom. See, we have the freedom to love God. We have the freedom to obey him. We have the freedom to walk in faith. We have the freedom to trust. And as we make those choices, we're released into freedom. And we also have the freedom to forgive. It's our choice. We're not going to be forced to forgive. But again, Jesus did say, if you want to be forgiven, you have to forgive. That's not my words. And I've had people argue that with me. That saying then their forgiveness is based on a works of them forgiving. Well, Jesus said it, not me. It's It's in the Bible, in the red letters. Walking in love is a result of being completely yielded and guided by the Holy Spirit, regardless of our feelings or our emotions. That's the true unconditional love of God. And that equals a compassion that is not of this world. And walking in love and walking in faith will always bring freedom to our lives, will always bring us to a new level in the Lord. If we love him, we'll obey his commands. Just like being in a marriage, if you love your spouse, you're going to be faithful to your spouse. You're going to, you're going to grow into a place of honoring your spouse, of being overwhelmed by your spouse, of wanting to do, you know, I, I tell young couples this all the time. You know, how do you know if it's true love? Well, you go from this place of I like you. I'm falling in love with you because you make me feel this way. And we look at all the things in that person that benefit us. And we even do that on salvation. When we become saved, it's because of what Jesus is doing and can, doing and will, can do and will do for us. It's how he makes us feel in that moment. But then the love matures and it flips. And our love says, what can I do for you? Not what you do for me now. It becomes unselfish. It becomes unconditional. It becomes compassionate. That's a maturing love in our marriages and in our relationship with the Lord. When we've matured in love, we walk in a freedom that says it doesn't matter. I can't get ensnared again. I can't be hampered again. I can't be burdened again by that yoke of slavery. You can't lure me, excuse me, you can't lure me in again. Excuse me, our love walk, our faith walk, our walk of obedience, our walk of trust equals full, Freedom in our lives every time. When we walk in faith and we walk in love, they will work together in our lives and we will be in that place of lacking nothing. We will be an extended representation of the fullness of God and who He is. We will truly be an ambassador for Christ. We will be compassionate. We will be compassionate inside our homes and outside of our homes. We will be compassionate in the workplace. We will be compassionate when we're frustrated in Walmart. We will be, a compassion will be our first response. That's a matured love. That's a matured faith. That's a matured trust. And that's just knowing you are in obedience. And I just want to encourage you today, with regard to staying the course, Stay the course of obedience, not the course of man. Do always what God says to do, even above your spouse. When God's stirring you, when the Holy Spirit is forbidding you or provoking you, respond in obedience.